En JCPenney sabemos que nos extrañas y nosotros te extrañamos aún más. ¿Pero qué pasa si te decimos que tenemos una tienda abierta todo el día, todos los días? ¡La tenemos! En JCP.com o en el app de JCPenney. ¿Quieres un traje de baño? ¡Lo tenemos! ¿Algo para estrenar este verano? ¡También! ¿Marcas exclusivas y tus marcas nacionales favoritas? ¡También! Visita nuestra página para los más recientes cupones y aprovecha envío estándar gratis en compras de $49 dólares o más. JCPenney. Aplican exclusiones. Detalles en la tienda o JCP.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the Lunacy Podcast. My name is Tony. I'm here with my friend Dave. We're going to start, we're going to talk about uh, loons a little bit um, in this podcast. Also some other things that come to our heads. Um, this is our first, first podcast, so bear with us as we uh, go through this journey. Um, let's kick it off right now. Uh, Dave was at the game today. Dave, uh, what'd you see in the wind today? Uh, you know, I thought I saw um, pretty a pretty good team effort. Um, you know, if I were to try and pick out, you know, a, a weakness in the team, I, I don't know that I could. The The attack was was strong. Uh, the defense was uh, fantastic. I mean, there was very little, very little to complain about at all on defense. Um They they held pretty much every single Chicago attack that there was. There was the one hiccup which led to a goal. It was a nice win by the boys. They are now uh, two and one on the season. They are, yeah. Which is amazing because last year, uh, if you remember correctly, I, I think we didn't get our second win until probably what uh, April, May. Was it that long? I think it was. Yeah, it was. It, last year was a terrible year. I mean. It, It started off with that uh, first game ever in Loon's history that, uh, what was the score of that game? It was like 6-1, to one, I think, that we lost? Uh, the first game against Portland was 5-1. Mm -hmm. 5-1. Um, and then, yeah, it just it just got worse from there. It did. It was, it was a terrible year last year. This year, at least, there's a little bit of hope. Um, I think it's interesting, and, and Dave and I have talked about this before, but I think it's interesting to look at the Loon's and say, You know, what are they doing uh, with creating this team? Now, the Loons went in with Atlanta last year as the two, uh, two new teams. Atlanta did something totally different. They went out and bought a bunch of international guys, and they spent money, and they had a fairly good season. The Loons, on the other hand, they spent some money, but they were kind of building slowly, which, which can work out. I think in this market, uh, if they don't, we don't see any kind of... Uh, 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 pick up from them this year. I think next year is going to be a little bit of an issue. But with the new stadium coming about, I, I guess maybe we'll have more of a honeymoon period. But, uh, I mean, Dave, what do you think? I mean, were the Loons smart in doing the way they're doing it and not going the Atlanta way? Or, I mean, what are the differences there? Uh, you know, I think, I think that's left to be seen. Um, and that's obviously not what you want to hear. Uh, but... From my perspective, if you go with the cliche response from the front office that, look, we could have spent $10, $15 million on players, but instead we decided to spend $200 million on a stadium. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that, that works. I mean, you know, you can buy into that for so long. Um, as you said, there's going to be a honeymoon period. Um, so I think... For, for them, if they can get into th 
this season and really just finish better than last year. Sure. Uh, that'll that'll pull some momentum into next season. You're going to have your honeymoon se- honeymoon time for, I would say, probably 2020. Yeah. You know, I think they're probably going to end up having the All-Star game in, you know, probably 2021. That'd be a huge boon for them. Right? Yeah. I mean, that'd be nice to have the All-Star game here. Exactly. And so I think that's going to help them. Ultimately, I think they're they're gonna have to uh, they're gonna have to put money forward, uh, whether anybody wants to admit it or not. Um, it's gonna have to happen. Um, but you know, I think in the long run, I'd rather be a small market team mm-hmm. uh, building the way they are than just splashing a whole bunch of cash. Um, you know, it's... Being being a fan of Chelsea, for instance, everyone talks about how big money buys you the championship. Do you really have the history to, to actually back it up? Sure. Well, so here's Atlanta. They're basically like... Chelsea when Robin Abramovich bought them or like Manchester City in the last couple of years where they just kind of show up on the scene. Yeah. And their owner spends a ton of money. Yeah. And it you know their supporters like it. You know the league likes it because it brings in money, it brings in some revenue, but overall the rest of the fans in ML well in the Premier League they're not big fans of that concept. No. Um, especially those teams, you know, like Aston Villa, who is, isn't is even in the Premier League now. Um, they've been around for over 120 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, those fans look at a team like Manchester City and say, I don't care. You know, we've been around forever. Yeah. And here you guys all of a sudden think you're this the big shit because you spent a bunch of money. Yeah. I think that's the same way it is in MLS. I mean – Interacting on the discussion boards on Facebook, it seems like, you know, a lot of the fans say, look, it's it's cool that MLS is getting some exposure from these from these leagues around South America where they're spending all the where Atlanta's spending all this money. Mm-hmm. But they're just buying themselves success. They're yeah. not really putting together a team a lot of these players are probably going to end up going off to Europe at some point anyway. So it's like, are they really going to be around that long? I, you know, for me growing up being, being a fan of the twins and brewers and, you know, seeing teams that don't really spend a ton of money. I, I, I don't mind it. I mean, I, I hope the product gets better. And based on what I've seen now this season, um, especially today, um, I think the I think the front office is hoping that this is kind of a payoff. Yeah, it, what you said about the Twins and the Brewers. I, I mean, the Twins. Let's. I'm going to wrap it up here with saying that uh, the United are doing something a little different. They're building from within, right? Twins yeah. did this exact same thing, starting a couple of years ago, where they started their farm team. They got a better farm team. They bring these guys up. 
Now they're supplementing it with some free agency signings, and now we're seeing it come to fruition a little bit. Right. I'm guessing you think that United are probably going that same way. I, I think so. And, you know, I, I haven't been a big NBA fan, uh, but it seems like the Timberwolves are trying that same process too. Yeah. And so it's not unusual with the fact that Chris Wright comes in um, and takes over as CEO of, of of United and happens to have a pretty similar philosophy as, as the Timberwolves. Well, I mean, the difference, though, is that in MLS, if you tank, yeah, you're going to get that first super draft pick. But, I mean, it's not like the NBA where if you tank, you're going to get a first pick, and that guy is probably going to be a superstar. In the MLS, the first pick in that super draft might not pan out. Just like, right. just like you know, like baseball, same deal. I mean, yep. you might get that first pick in the draft, but there have been first-round picks who haven't panned out. No, that's true. And, you know, I think that's a big that's a big thing with the super draft. There are a lot of MLS fans that, that don't like the draft. Um, and, I, you know, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that most MLS fans – were originally fans of some European league. Sure. Um, where obviously the draft there's no draft. Doesn't exist. Yeah. So the the concept of a draft, while they're used to it in other US sports, as part of soccer, they're just not a big fan of it. Um, but at the same time you're right. It's it's a situation where a lot of these draft picks or most of the draft picks um, are from College programs, uh, I don't know that there's anyone anywhere in U.S. soccer who would honestly say that the NCAA is good for soccer. Um, it's just they have different rules. They they have too many nuances with their training methods, with their seasons. Sure. And, it yeah, most of the players don't pan out. Yeah, so um, why would you draft them? Yeah, and so... It is a it is a very high high possibility that even in a top five those picks don't don't survive. Um, you know, now this past year, uh, Den Lottie was number two. Yeah. It looks like he's going to pan out. Um, I guess that's left to be seen. Uh, but last year he scored eight goals. Yep. Um, and he, I think he had, he had three or four assists on top of that. Uh, he had two game winners, um, which were huge goals at the end of the season. And so, I mean, he looks like he might pan out. Now, again, what what is that draft class, and he, what is he going to look like in say five years? Um, I I remember this conversation came up in one of the discussion boards on Facebook about how something like only 10%, no, it wasn't, it was 19% of the draft class from five years ago is still playing. That's not surprising. And so I was like, well, that's interesting. Is there a way I can figure out what the NFL is? Yeah. And it it turns out that the NFL is actually only 26%. Yeah. So... Considering the fact that they have a roster that's four times the size, practically, of of an MLS squad, yeah, nineteen percent really isn't that bad. But is it? Are they not playing in MLS or they're not playing at all? They're not playing at all. 
They're not. They're, they just dropped. They've dropped. They've out just of dropped out. MLS. Of they dropped out yeah. of even the lower leagues. Right. Yeah. And see, that's the, that's the thing with NFL too. Is there's no lower leagues for NFL players to exactly. go to. Exactly. And they can't. In baseball, you got lower leagues. In basketball, now you have lower leagues to go to. Yep. But soccer and football, you can't. Yep. And that's another thing that is a little different because in in Europe, you know, you have all these lower league teams that guys get signed to, and you have a good uh, junior program, and you've got good school program. You've got all this stuff going on. you got this kind of this whole big pot of guys that get filtered up. In the United States, it's a little different because our lower league system isn't that great. Right. Uh, our college system, as you had stated before, is not good at all. No. So where are these guys coming from? I, that, that's the thing. Where are we going to get this talent to come in? Right. You know, we don't have... I don't think there's any European teams coming over here to scout guys in our college teams. Probably not. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... Might be, but probably Where are they coming from? So, I mean, in order for us to become a great league like the European leagues, we have to have that groundswell of uh, lower leagues below us, you know, junior teams below us. We have to get better at filtering guys up through the system. I, I would agree. And, you know... That that comes out to a lot of this uh, conversation about pay to play, um, you know, and it it's a little, I think it's a little miscombobulated um, because every country has pay to play, yeah. Um, but here in the United States, it seems to be one of those things where if you want your child to succeed at all in soccer you have to pay we're talking fifteen hundred two thousand dollars some maybe even toward the three thousand dollar range just to play on a good club team that is going to get regional exposure that might get some exposure to um national scouts hey they could win the lamar cup you never know yeah (laughs) and you know it's it's one of those things where that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that money comes from the idea that these teams think that they need European coaches. And I didn't realize this. Uh, it, this is kind of all coming from um, people in the discussion boards that happen to have kids and are going through this process. Yeah. And, um, and it, what I've learned is that U.S. soccer, for instance, to be a sanctioned team in a sanctioned league, it actually only costs the registration of per player like $55. Really? And it, and so it's like, okay, so each player has to pay $55 to be on the team. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, obviously the team's going to have uniform costs. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, I would imagine are going to be 100 150 bucks. Sure. Um, but so where are the other, where's the other two grand coming from and it, and why, why is that so necessary? And it turns out, I mean, based on what I've, I've heard is that it's these clubs that think this guy from Scotland is better than some guy from Plainview, wherever, um, in the United States as a coach because yeah. he's from Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, don't mind the fact that Scotland has hasn't made the World Cup in God knows when. Yeah. Um 
But that's the way it is. It's because he's from Europe. He's better than anyone else that could be in the United States. And I think that there's there's maybe some truth to that, um, simply because overall development within the United States isn't very good. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they're paying these coaches from overseas. So that's where all this money's coming from. It's not even necessarily traveling costs, which I was shocked by. I thought that's what the vast majority of it would be. Um, and so when we're talking about a situation like that, where parents have to fork out thousands of dollars over, you know, five years to get their kids even noticed. I can see why the NCAA is the way it is. I can see why the, the lower leagues are the way they are because it's just impossible to find decent talent and get it filtered to where it needs to go. Um, I also learned that scouting is horrendous. Um, they, when it, on the national team level, there are only a handful of scouts for the entire country. Yeah. And it, when you consider how big our country is, you know, a handful, and I'm, I'm not joking, it's like under 10. Yeah. Um, it's, that's just shocking. Uh, how can they be that many places at once to pick out talent? Well, there's not too many, but on the flip side of that, there aren't too many soccer hotbeds in the United States. I, I mean, agree, yeah. I mean, it's not like baseball where guys are getting scouted from, you know, North Region. So you got a guy who goes from Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, that type of thing. If there's a scout up here for soccer, he's probably only hitting up Minnesota. Right. He's probably not hitting North Dakota. He's probably not hitting South Dakota because they don't play soccer. I mean, they might, but they don't play soccer like we do here. Right. In North Dakota and South Dakota, they play baseball, they play football, they play basketball. They don't play soccer. Right. You know, it's not a. I think a lot to do with uh, Minnesota having a light, uh, a pretty big soccer uh, following, is the fact that we have a lot of immigrants here. You know, we have a lot of Somalians, we have a lot of people from other countries who come here who love soccer, and I think we have a history of it. I mean, going back to the '70s and early '80s with the was the the kicks. I think it was the kicks, kicks. and strikers. Kicks and strikers. Um, so we have a following of it. And when I was a kid, you know, if you didn't play baseball in the summertime, you played soccer, you know, or you played, you didn't, uh, you know, there was, those are the two options you had. I think in a lot of places, kids don't even play soccer. So it's more of a, I think it's more of a, you know, it's not as widespread as it is in Europe, you know. European kids play soccer or basketball. You know, those are the two things. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um and, it, you know, I think what's interesting is the you brought up the immigrant uh, situation where there are a lot of immigrants who tend to be overlooked. And now I don't know what the reason is for that. I'm not going to speculate it's as to what. It's not a political podcast, Dave. Right. Um, so why that is, who knows. But the reality is... It happens. I mean, if you look at, and, and I'll commend Minnesota United, if you look at their uh, current academy, which is yeah. only two teams right now, um, there are actually a very solid number of immigrants. Yes. 
or at least immigrant names. I suppose they may not be immigrants themselves. Um, and and so that that's kind of interesting because, as you said, uh, Minnesota has a lot of immigrants, yes. um, and it, soccer is generally um, the most accepted sport around the world, regardless of where you are. Yes. So the fact that they don't reach out to um, communities, specifically the Hispanic communities. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. It is pretty surprising. And it, I don't know if that's necessarily so much of an issue on the MLS side. It definitely is on the U.S. soccer side. Yes. Um, and that's been talked at or talked about at pretty significant lengths in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And it, they don't seem to be doing a whole lot about it, which is kind of surprising. But how much do you think that that goes into the we'll get a little political here but how much of that do you think has to do with the climate right now against immigration do you think there's some people who are scared to maybe go out for teams or, or maybe do anything with, with, with soccer even baseball because they're afraid to get deported or whatever I mean it, it's possible you know I think uh, I, I, I am trying to avoid getting super political with this comment but, you know, there was the story about that team in Idaho just a couple months ago. Um, in fact, Minnesota United is trying to, well, the supporter groups are trying to get them to the U.S. Open Cup uh, yeah. Yeah. here. What, are, what do they call it? Schwann's Cup. Schwann's Cup. And it, it, was a, it was a situation where this guy was coaching in Boise. And his team was almost all immigrants. And he was dealing with racism like none other. I mean, he's a white guy. Yeah. And he's getting these hate letters and uh, and threats against him and his family for coaching a team of mostly immigrant players in Boise, Idaho. Mm-hmm. Now, is that something that would have happened four years ago? I don't know. And I think the, the overall political climate within the United States as you said, against immigration is a, is a big issue. Yes. You know, we, for instance, United have, they just welcomed three players into their camp, finally, who have been now signed for, well, Pang Op has been signed for, I think, almost two months now. Um, Echo is probably a little over a month. And Fernando, I think, is within the last few weeks, and they're just now coming in to the roster yeah. because it was taking them so long to get their visas. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's... I've never been involved in that process, so I don't know if two months, for instance, for paying out is is normal. But to me, that seems like it's... It, seem, it seems a little long. I think it depends on the sport, and it depends on the player. I mean, you look at... Uh... Otani, the guy from Japan, he's going to start playing the MLB this year. I'm pretty sure he got his stuff together within like a week. I'm sure the Angels, because they pay so much money for him, said, we're going to get this through and they got connections or whatever. Right. Whereas a team like United, I don't think they have those type of connections. I don't think they're going to pay that kind of money to get guys fast-tracked through. Right. Um, so and it might be a political thing. I mean, who knows? Yeah, and you know, I think, I suppose the country of origin could be yeah, issue yeah, two. Yeah. I mean, Fernando obviously got through pretty quickly, and now my mind's blanking as to where he's from. I think he's Colombia. 
Mm-hmm. We're paying up in a co or um, from Africa. So um, Cameroon to be exact. Sure. So there might be a chance that Cameroon may have a slightly lower, uh, how to say, interest from yeah. immigration officers yeah. to uh, move things forward. Sure. That's my thought. Yeah. You know, I think if it was somebody from, say, Algeria, I bet it would take even longer. Yeah, probably. Or if it was a Syrian player, I bet it would a never C- happen. A Syrian player would be, take forever. Right. So, you know, I think there's some of that stuff involved. And, it, you know, I think it's... It's probably pretty crazy to to uh, not think that politics play at least well, some level. But it's one of the it's this is the only sport yeah. in the United States that has that type of issue because you look at football. Nobody's coming from any other countries right. to play American football. Okay, unless Maybe they're a kicker. I mean, kickers, yeah, from Mexico usually. You know, sometimes from Europe. Uh, Gary Anderson from South yes. South Africa. Mm. You know. You look at baseball, Dominican countries. You know, you're looking at uh, Puerto Rico. You're looking at South America, stuff like that. Some Europeans, Max Kepler, you know, love that kid. But I mean, not much. Basketball, mostly America. Some European guys, and some Asians. You know, coming over from from Japan right. or China. But if you look at soccer as a whole, everybody in the world plays soccer. So <laughs> you're bringing guys in from every part of the world. Right. And with our current political situation bringing in guys from all over the world doesn't really kind of jive with the with, with the, the political situation it doesn't right. jive with it. right it doesn't you know and you know and that's that's one of the what's probably going to be one of the issues if uh, this political situation continues but let's move on to what the United have coming up here I think it's next week uh, who are we playing next week Dave? Uh, next week is uh New York Red Bulls, the Red Bulls, which is probably, uh, probably the hardest game that they're going to have. Well, I, I guess Atlanta's next week. Yeah. Um, I think they're harder than Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I mean, Red Bulls. I mean, who do they got? I'm not too up with who the Red Bulls have. So. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> um, so. Red Bulls right now, um, they're currently in Champions League play. Really? And they're they're killing it. Wow. Um, and I am trying to waste time Cause, as because you're looking it up on your phone. As I look on yeah. my phone. See, everybody who's listening to this right now. I mean, Dave's a huge soccer fan. He doesn't even know some of this stuff. I am kind of just a. You know, I love. I like soccer, but. I'm not into it as much as Dave is, um, but uh, you know, it, it, soccer is so encompassing that you can't even like remember what what's going on with half the teams. You know, I remember as a kid when I when I was a big baseball fan as a kid, I could name the starting nine for most teams in the American League. That's how devoted baseball I was. Now you try to ask me that question, I I couldn't even I could name the Twins maybe. I, I might be able to do uh, the Cubs, you know, maybe some bigger teams, maybe the Yankees, because I hear about them on ESPN all the time. But I, I can't remember them anymore, you know. There's so much stuff going on with these teams, you know. Yeah, you know, so they're big guy, and I did not have to look this up. Yeah. Um, it just happens to coincide with me finding it. Um, they're big guys, Wright Phillips. Uh, he's a... Uh, 
he's a he's a fantastic goal scorer. Um, and I, I think in terms of offense, you know, I think he's their big guy. You know, he's he's an Englander. They play against Sacro they tend to play at least something that represents somewhat good soccer. Uh, they're, they're definitely better than the United States. Well, they're better than the Italians right now. Yeah, that's they're true. They're in the World Cup. And actually, I take that back. I wouldn't say that they're better than the United States. They're... English soccer is not better than United States soccer. See, when people think, people think England, they think the Premier League. Yeah. But the Premier League is half... Not English players. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. it might even be higher than that. Yeah. Um, in terms of the national team, they get they're way overrated. Yeah. I mean, right now, sure, they have a few good, few good guys. Um, yeah, a couple that are are definitely worth talking about. But uh, overall, I mean, you know, look back to was that was that the 2010 World Cup that they were in the same group as we were. I think so. We we finished tied points. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't think. In fact, we ended. We both got knocked out at the same time. Yeah. I mean, overall, I wouldn't say that they're superior. I mean, vastly superior to the U.S. Yeah. They're better because they have their shit together. Well, every league in Europe is probably better than us because they have their shit together. Right. So when I look at it and I say. Uh, you know, England may not be significantly better than the U.S. I mean that in a sense that, in the grand scheme of things, on any given Sunday, so to speak, I think when the U.S. is playing up to par, yeah, the U.S. can pull a result against England. Sure, 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 sure. I don't think, in the same situation, the U.S. pulls a result against your favorite team, Germany. I'm not a German fan. I'm an Italian fan, boys and girls. Or your your favorite team in Italy. I just don't think it happens. Um, I think the fact that England is in the World Cup and Italy isn't yes. is surprising to me. It's very surprising. I think the fact that Switzerland, who is the team I'm going to be uh, yeah. supporting, is in the World Cup and England isn't is surprising. But at the same time, it's not that too crazy. Let's talk about the World Cup for a second because... An interesting point here. Do you believe that the United States not being in the next World Cup is going to affect uh, viewership of no, the World Cup? I don't. In the United States, so people in the United States are really going to watch as much as they did previously, even though the U.S. is not in it. Yeah. Do you think so? I mean, you know, I think it, it's the World Cup. I mean, yeah. I've I've caught my father and father-in-law talking about the World Cup. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't follow soccer. Yeah. Now, I don't know that they necessarily watched any of the games, yeah. but they've at least brought it up. So it, it's it's an idea that you have, I mean, for instance, my father has been a massive Packers fan all his life. Mm-hmm. Basically, all he talks about is the Green Bay Packers, a little bit of Milwaukee Brewers, mm-hmm. and he'll bring up the World Cup. Yeah. So... You know, it's it's one of those things where I think maybe there are some casual fans who won't go out of their way to watch all the games they may have watched Yeah. if we were in it. But I don't think that it's going to be to the point where Nielsen ratings are going to show Well, you still impact. have Mexico in it. Exactly. And so and you have a huge Hispanic population in the United States. Yes. So they're going to watch it, of course. And, it, you know, and it really anybody in our region, the U.S. has a... 
significant population of fans from countries in our region. Mm-hmm. And so, I yeah, I don't think it's going to be... Well, I know that the whole city of New York won't be watching because Italy's not in it and New York's full of Italians. Right. I won't be watching. I mean, personally, I won't be watching. I, I will be. Yes, I will be. I'm sorry. I, I will be because I'm interested in, in soccer, but the fact that Italy is not in it is kind of a downer. And then the U.S. is not in it. That's even more of a downer. And the fact that Germany is there and, and has a clear shot at winning it this year is kind of a kind of a pain in my side. And right. We're not going to get into that today. We will right. at some point. Yes, we, have, we will. We both have a mutual friend who is a big German soccer fan, and he will rub it in your face until the day you die that Germany is better than you, than your team. And speaking of which, yeah, I have to bring it up. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not he'll admit to this is, you know. Uh, today, we were, we were talking at halftime on the concourse, and... Um, we were talking about um, buying jerseys every season. And I said, well, you know, I've pretty much bought a jersey every year of Chelsea since 2002. And now I've gone ahead and bought a jersey the last three years of Minnesota yeah. United. Yeah. And um, I was saying how I wasn't sure if I was going to continue doing that because it gets incredibly expensive. Yeah. And he mentioned, uh, John mentioned, that uh, he wasn't going to get a Germany jersey this year because he'd prefer to wait until the fifth star was on there, <laughs> which they'll have this year. That's that's a cocky that's a cocky phrase. It, it is right. Yeah. I I kind of part of me hopes that Brazil beats them. Yeah, yeah. You know because they got they shellacked Brazil. So yeah. part of me hopes that Brazil comes back and beats them this yeah. year. Side note, uh, sorry, that's a tangent. Um, but yeah, you know the the other big thing that we have to consider. Let's say Nielsen ratings comes through, and and shows a significant drop off. Mm-hmm. It's in Russia this year, so time slots we don't even know what they're going to be. No, it could be pretty bad. It could be yeah. It could be early mornings. Yeah, you know, they could have that going on. Um, and then in four years, it's in uh, Qatar. Qatar or Qatar, sorry. So you're talking about pretty much the same time zones again. Right. You know, you're way over, you're way east or west if you want to switch it up a little bit. Yeah. But, so, you're going to have the same issues that you had with the Russian the Russian Olympics. Where yep. you're going to have time slots that are going to be different. And yep. you're probably, I mean, you're going to have, they're going to play live soccer. But you're also going to have replays of the dang things. Right. And with the information age we're in now, you're going to know who won when you wake up in the morning. Right. Without even... You're going to jump out of bed, and the first thing you're going to see is that, uh, you know, so-and-so country beats so-and-so country, and you go, well, I'm not going to watch it now. Right. Because I, I, I saw it already. I, mean, I know the score already. Yep. I might tune into it, you know, for a couple minutes to see what's going on. Or I might just watch the highlights on, you know, ESPN or whatever, you know. So, I mean, I, you just brought up a good point. I don't know if the ratings this year in the United States are going to be that great. Right. And, you know, I remember that when they're in South Africa, where I would actually take time out of my day at work in the morning to catch a few of the games on my phone because the games were in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, that's not conducive to, to good ratings in no, the United States. Uh, it just isn't. And, you know, I think that's something that FIFA is going to have to figure out. You know, everything in FIFA revolves around Europe. 
So the time slots are always beneficial to Europe. Yeah. Well, guess what? You know, the United States, Mexico, Canada, Latin America, all of South America have massive populations. Mm -hmm. And eventually FIFA is going to have to start realizing that maybe they need to, I mean, not completely shift focus from Europe. Yeah. But at least consider, well, this should be a 6 p.m. time slot for Europe, but maybe we should make it like eight o'clock time slot so yeah, it's yeah. later afternoon to the united states yeah yeah um or later afternoon for not the united states but central time zone or eastern time zone and it you know i hope that they figure that out at some point because you're going to have another another world cup here that's going to end up being in oceana and games are going to be in the middle of the night yeah and it, they're going to see how poorly mm-hmm. the revenues come out of this hemisphere. Yeah. And now in the information age, as you say, that changes everything because people actually had to watch. You know, in the 90s, people had to watch the replays to yeah. know what was going on. Otherwise, they could just ignore the newspaper, you know. Well, um, you had AOL. You could, go, <laughs> you could log on AOL. It took you five minutes to log on. But you could log on right. AOL if you really wanted those And, those you know, in that... 28.8 modem yeah. got you somewhere eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's a good point. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. How did we get on the World Cup? <laughs> I don't know, man. We started talking about uh, we, we started talking about Red Bulls and somehow got on the World Cup. We started talking about the English. Oh, guy. yes. Because yeah. Bradley Wright Phillips. Yeah. You know, I think, so next week is going to be an incredibly difficult game. I mean, if we look at the standings, is a complete shock, by the way. United Minnesota are. is in third. Third place. Amazing. Take a snapshot. Yeah. And uh, John pointed out today that uh, it's the first time ever mm-hmm. that Minnesota United has had a winning record. That's not surprising. Because last year was such a dumpster fight. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a complete... Last year was a complete goat rodeo. I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, it was... It was it, after that first game, I thought they'd come back and be like, okay, we're going to figure some things out. But they never really did. Uh, this year, so so when they started this year, I, I kind of the same feeling was they really didn't add anybody in the offseason. I mean, they didn't make a big splash. Right. You know, they, the same guys came back. And I said, well, it's either going to be good or bad. Either good because they lost together and, and they feel like they feel like shit. So they're going to put more effort into it. Or they're the same guys from last year, and they're not going to get any better, and they are what they are, and that's that. And they've proven me wrong through three games. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was interesting. I got into, uh, I wouldn't say a Twitter battle, but it was a discussion on Twitter about the first two games because it was pre-this game. And the, the individual had said, look, we didn't look good against San Jose. And I was like, well, here's the first game of the season. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to look at that, Atlanta's going to be shit the entire year because they lost 4-0. Mm-hmm. Now, what did they do? They turned around the very next week and beat D.C. rather handily. Yeah. 3-1. You know, it's because it's the first game of the season. You have absolutely no idea what's going to happen the first game of the season. These guys have been doing light training all offseason. They, they've been playing preseason for the last month. Every single manager treats preseason differently. Every player treats preseason differently. They have different lineups in preseason. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you nobody can tell me that a team comes into game one prepared. 
No. Not any, any league I know of. Yeah. You know, baseball, football, basketball, hockey. None of those leagues, you come into week one prepared for what's going to happen. Look at football. American football. Week one of the year, it's terrible. Yeah. Right? Offenses are just, like, not in rhythm yet. You have nothing going on. It's a defensive battle. You know, and, and it takes you, like, two or three weeks to kind of get up to speed. Right. And then get up, get your groove on. I think it's the same in, in, in soccer. It's yeah. the same deal, you know. I Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and you see it overseas, too. I mean... You, you'll see the first month of the Premier League, you have teams that, I mean, shouldn't even be mentioned in the top half of the table. Yeah. Are in the top four. Yeah. And it's just because, one, I mean, you've only played like five games. Yeah. But, two, not every team comes into the season as prepared as the others. Of course not. And um, you have top four teams, top five teams that – drop points at the very beginning of the season and it's just how it goes you know i mean i'm looking at the west right now and you have seattle mm-hmm. now mind you they've only played one game um but they're zero points yeah uh they lost the first game yeah you have kansas city who has played three games or two games and they only have three points um and in fact they gave up what was that they gave up four point four goals left and last year they were one of the best defenses they were I mean, and it's just the first few games. You can't, you can't gauge a whole lot from the first few games. Um, I think. I mean, for instance, last season. Let's let's talk about last season. First three games of um, last season. So last season, five one loss at Port. They come home. They get shellacked by Atlanta six one. It was snowing though, wasn't it though? Uh, yeah, six it inches. Was snowing, yeah, yeah. You know, snow is bad deal for snow. But Atlanta's all South America, so. They don't even... Well... Half of them probably haven't even seen snow. Maybe they train in the mountains or something. Right? Yeah. Head to Colorado, and they managed to get two. They managed to get a point. Two-two yeah. two tie. They had their first red card in that game. Uh, then they... Everyone kind of thinks, oh, well, we went to Colorado, got a point. Head across cross country to New England. Oh, 5-2. Yeah. And then we finally got our first win. You mentioned first win... Was sometime in April. Yeah, it was. It was April first. April first. Yes. Yes. Uh, against Salt Lake. Yep. Um, it was four two, and I was at home. I think I was at that game. I think I was. I was there. I proceeded afterwards to go out with another friend of mine named Dave, and get drunk in Uptown, because I was so excited about the United winning that game, and seeing the first win in franchise history. Which I, going into the season, I thought there was no way I was going to see the first win in franchise history, at the second home game. I thought for sure the first three. We'd at least get a win. Right. You know, just one, you know, for the fans. But then I went to that game thinking, well, we could see our first win here. And we did. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, we've got the first three games. We had one point Mm -hmm. with a goal differential of, math is hard for me, minus nine. Yeah, that's terrible. Minus nine. In soccer, that's bad. Now, three games in, mm-hmm. we have six points yep. and a goal differential of a plus one. Yeah, plus one. See? Turned it around. Now, with that said, we have a stretch of very difficult games. Red Bull's not going to be easy. And Atlanta comes to town right after that. Oh, Atlanta. And, you know, now 
I suppose maybe we'll be flying high, regardless of the New York result, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously we have to vindicate ourselves. We do. Because that was atrocious. Yeah. With that said, some people might say we did vindicate ourselves when we went to Atlanta and gave them their first home loss. Yes, yeah. Which was spectacular. But, you know, that's a stretch of hard games. And on top of that, next week is an international weekend. Okay. Oh, so, so we're losing. We, we lose uh, Ibsen, right? Um, no. We, we lose next actually. Don't we lose Ibsen last, next week? I don't think so. We lose for sure Boxel in Box, the back line. Yeah, Boxel, yeah. Because New Zealand plays Canada. Yeah. I don't know if, if Costa Rica has a game. That would suck. I swear I heard on today's broadcast that we're losing Ibsen next week. And you, you pair that with uh, Molino, who's yep. out. Yep. You know, for a while. That's two big guys in the middle right there. Yeah. You know, and honestly, I don't think... I'm going to go on the record here. Our first ever podcast. Mm-hmm. Kevin Molino will not wear a Minnesota United jersey again. Wow. That's a that's a that's a big statement. That's a bold it is. statement. It is, and it you know, I mean he's out indefinitely. Yeah. I mean they've announced that he's not playing the rest of the season. Yeah. So let's look at our roster. We have in the midfield on the left wing we have Miguel Ibarro, Sam Nicholson, and Pang Up. Mm-hmm. All on the left wing. Go across the field to the right wing. Mm-hmm. Pre last week we had Ethan Finley. And Kevin Molino. Now, we don't have Kevin Molino anymore. And technically, we don't need Kevin Molino anymore. Because both Sam Nicholson and Miguel Ibarra can play on the right. Sure. What we do need, and this is one of the reasons why Adrian Heath has Molino in central midfield all the time, is because we have a plethora of guys on the wing. Now, what do you do when you have a guy whose contract is up? Let me take let me take a look here. Internet, please. Well, Dave's looking. I'm gonna raid his beer fridge and grab more booze. Uh, yeah, actually, could you get me a grab you Citra? Sure, man. Please. And while you're looking at that, Dave, maybe you should tell everybody why we're doing this from your basement and not at a brewery. Yeah. So you know, we uh, initially had this cool idea to. To uh, set up shop in a craft brewery somewhere around town. And uh, we stopped off at Omni. Um, The friendly people of Omni agreed to let us do it. And when we got there, it was so packed that the noise alone would have been Well, It is St. Patrick's Day. And so then... um, so then we head on over to Brooklyn Park's only brewery. New brewery. New and only brewery. Uh, Blue Wolf. And they were less packed. We probably could have pulled it off had we not been sitting next to the loudest person I have she was, she's pretty loud. possibly heard in quite yeah. some time. Yeah. Um, the microphone it would have been just spiking like crazy. Yeah. So we decided to drive the... The roughly mile and a half. No, it's about two miles um, to my house, which, by the way, is fantastic that I'm only like two miles from a brewery. He's it's, it's, it's saying miles. It's palatial palace, um, <laughs> and and I don't. I will say this: 
I didn't really come up with the idea of doing the whole brewery thing of podcasts. I'm going to give a shout out to Aaron Gleeman and John Bonus, the Gleeman and the Geek podcast, because they kind of started this a couple of years ago, doing this their podcast, Gleeman and the Geek. And they go to breweries, and now they've gotten some restaurants in Uptown. And I thought, you know, they're, they're kind of Minneapolis guys, and they have a lot of breweries they can go to and, and do their thing. And, and Dave and I are more like, we're northwest suburb guys. So we thought, well, you know, there's breweries up here we could hit. You know, Omni being one of them, Blue Wolf being another one. Uh, maybe some ones in Roseville, maybe some ones up by me in Big Lake, uh, Delano. So there's some other breweries that we're going to try to hit up um, and taste their fantastic beer and talk about soccer because my deal is this. If you're going to talk about soccer, uh, why not have a pint in front of you when you're doing it? It's always a, it's always a nice thing. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just cool to do a podcast at a brewery, I think. But, so, Dave, what did you find out? Okay, so I, I maintain my, my prophecy. Yes, yes. That British. Kevin Molino will never play with, for Minnesota again because okay. it's always possible this information is incorrect. This is not coming from Minnesota. Um, but his contract expires on December 31st, 2018. So we're not going to resign. You have a guy who tore his left ACL a few years ago, uh, missed significant time. I don't know if it was a whole season. It's pretty close. Pretty sure it was. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, I think so. And then now he tears his right ACL, and his contract is up at the end of the year. But he's Adrian Heath's guy, though, isn't he? I mean, the yeah. reason why he's here is Adrian Heath's here. I, I suppose we could learn just how stubborn Adrian Heath is. Mm-hmm. Or how stupid the front office is. I don't think the front office is stupid. I think it would be, if, if he stayed here, I think it would be more of an Adrian Heath saying, this is my guy, I want him here, he works in my system, you gotta, you gotta keep him. Otherwise I'm gonna, you know, whatever. Sure. Let's go back to that comment of you don't think the front office is stupid. I don't, I don't think they're stupid. So... I can be very opinionated and blunt at times. Yeah. And it, I probably am not scoring any points if this podcast ever gets heard by anyone mm-hmm. within the Minnesota United organization. So, you know, I, I don't feel like I should hold back. Um, but I'd be interested in hearing, when you say that you don't think the uh, front office is stupid, does that mean that you have faith in the front office to make the decisions necessary to build the team? I, I have faith in the in the process. I'm going to go into the process thing. Because it's like process of the catch. They've 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 chosen a certain way they want to do things, and I'm going to give them a grace period of saying, okay, I'm going to give you a couple years to, to do what you think is necessary to build a winning team. I can't all of a sudden jump on them for being if for being stupid if I don't like. I just think that they're they're doing it the way they want to do it. It might take a couple years to do it. You know, we, we talked about this earlier about right. the Atlanta thing and between us and Atlanta, okay? Atlanta had a different way of doing things. They went out and spent a lot of money. We went and said, okay, we're going to do this internal thing. We're going to keep Ramirez from when we had him uh, in the lower league. We're going to get a bar back. We're going to get Superman and Batman back together. And we're going to throw them in there with some other parts and see how it works out. But we're going to build this base from the ground up. And maybe that has to do with the philosophy of the owner. Necessarily front office, you know. It's possible. I mean, he's the one putting the money in. Sure. 
I mean, does he have? Who knows if he has the type of money to put in to doing what Atlanta did? Well, true. Uh, especially with the the money that he put forward to the stadium. Um, you know, and it, and we, I mentioned that twice now. And I don't really know how much Arthur Blank put forward in Atlanta. Well, if he did at all, I mean, I know it was heavily financed by public. But he's the owner, right? Right. Arthur Blank has a lot more money than our owner here. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, he can do things that our owner here cannot do. Right. So I mean, I think maybe the philosophy of how they build a team comes from that ownership. It could, and you, and I can't say a front office is stupid in the first two years of it. I mean, they're going to make stupid mistakes. They've never, they've never had an MLS team before. They will. They have. And they have. Yeah, they <laughs> they made some mistakes. They have made some mistakes. So here's why I'm willing to ultimately have myself ostracized from any circle could possibly include amateur podcast yeah. in. Anything remotely cool when it comes to a professional sports team. This is completely unrelated to spending money, for the most part. I guess I wouldn't say completely, but most. So, I'm going to go back to something that I said about why I don't think Kevin Molina will be back. We have three left-wingers and had two right-wingers. That's five wingers. On top of that... Prior to uh, the signings of Fernando and Echo, we also had Leighton, who was a left winger. Yeah. We were in talks with um, Dawkins from San Jose, who is a left winger. Yes. And it, maybe maybe the pattern has, has shown itself. And it, so for me, oh, and on top of that, we were um, just out looking at. Yes, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. Alexi Gomez. I think is maybe his name is. I think um, he happens to be a winger. Yep. Um, and this was week. I mean, a week ago mm-hmm. that his name came up. I sit here and I, I think to myself, and I do this occasionally. You know. Any time of the night, I sure. suddenly think about, think about Minnesota United, United. Yeah. and the roster. And, and I say, what process are you trying to do that include needing, at this point, sick wingers on your team? Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe it's like baseball. We can never have too much starting pitching. So maybe you can never have too many wingers. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, a winger generally yes. can uh, play multiple positions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as already mentioned, uh, Nicholson and Ibarra both can play on the right. Yeah. Ibarra today showed that he can play centrally. Nicholson back in Scotland, I don't know this, this is secondhand, supposedly could play central midfield. Yeah. So they're generally relatively versatile players. But at the same time, the central midfield position is kind of one of those positions where you want a guy that is meant for that position. He's played it for a while. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it, the way he th- played Molino in the number 10 spot, that wasn't his position. Now, he played it at Trinidad. Yeah. But we're talking Trinidad. Yeah. 
Now, of course, they did beat the United States. Um, Let's not bring that up. That's, yes, that, that doesn't need to be brought up. But it's not exactly a country that has the luxury of a significant player pool. No. And, and so when we think about the needs of the team, I think we need a number 10. And I don't, I've never heard any analyst suggest that's not the case. And then we, we replace or we fill that position, that fill that need, with a guy that does not technically play that position. Which creates some issues because whether or not he's going to be good at that role is left to be seen. I mean, now this season in the, what was it, 120-some minutes that Molina played? Yeah. Um, he looked like maybe it was going to work. Yeah. It almost looked like Heath was mad scientist genius. Yeah, genius, yeah. But at the same time, he's not meant for that role. So if there's one spot in the Minnesota United roster where they need to spend money is the guy that's meant for that role. The Having a player that's meant for that 10 spot can change the entire team. Yeah. And, and so when it, the guy that's playing it out of position goes down, you suspect, I mean, the rational, logical individual that I am in anyway, suspects that we're going to go out and find a number 10. Number 10, yes. yeah. The only two names that came up, uh, again, this I believe it's Gomez, a left winger, mm-hmm. and uh, Darwin Quintero, a forward. We have three forwards on the roster as it is. We don't need any more. Mind you, our forwards are not scoring goals. They will. Because it's only the third game of the season. Yeah, right. To me, I just look at it and I say, this isn't rocket science. I mean, building a roster isn't rocket science. Finding the right players for those spots yes. takes talent. Yeah. I mean, you're not just an armchair quarterback like myself um, isn't necessarily going to be able to pick out the right talent for those spots. Yeah. That's why we have scouts. That's why we have personnel directors that go and watch these guys. Unless you're playing FIFA soccer on PS4, and then you can put whoever you want in there. Right, but I suck at that, actually. I can put whoever I want in there, and it works just fine with me. Uh, in fact, one game, I decided to put Francisco Calvo mm-hmm. in central midfield. Well, just to see how it worked. It didn't yeah, work. didn't work out. I mean, not that our defense was any good to begin with, but... Uh, <laughs> Removing him from the defense is a very bad idea. Yeah, that's a bad idea. On top of that, I played um, with Seattle. Yeah. Terrible. I think it ended up being like eight to two or something Good like that. Good lord. Yeah, it was bad. Did you did you did you play you play the whole game? I did. Well, I I don't know why. See, now I play the, the the thing that I play on there is called the it's the uh, be the pro I think it is when you yeah, create yeah. your own guy. Yep. Of course, I create my Tony guy. I make him look just like me. And is I he Italian? Him. He's Italian. Or is he German? He's not German. Don't. It's Germany. We don't want to talk about German. He's Italian. And he's he's a striker. You know, he's, he's a forward. And he scores just a shitload of goals. And you know why? It's because in FIFA, <laughs> they play differently than in real life. <laughs> the passes actually go to who they're supposed to go to. Right. You know, you rarely have a bad pass. My crosses are always crisp, right on the money. Right, you yes. know, it. Yeah, uh, I think I think there could be something to um, FIFA changing the way that teams operate yeah. because well, they're doing e league now, aren't they? 
Yeah. United has an E-League to have three guys yeah. who are playing FIFA for the United. Right. Which I think is like the coolest job ever. I, I thought it was completely insane when I heard it. But No. I mean, it, at the same time, I've seen uh, TBS has yes. that, that show on Friday nights. Yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah. And it, the first time I saw it, I, well, I didn't watch it. I saw that it was on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell? Now, mind you, when it comes to video games, I'm like, I, I didn't own a Nintendo. I didn't own an SNES. So you're not a nerd like me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the first console I had was a Sega Genesis. Sure. Yeah, and it, I think I had a, a PlayStation 1. Oh, that's a good one, too. And, oh, I take that back. The first console I ever had was an Atari 2600. That was my first console. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't know the games anymore. Do you have Jungle Hunt? Do you have Jungle Hunt? What was that one? Jungle Hunt was when you did the three different sections. So the first section was the... What was the first section? It was the Swinging Vines... Or yes. the alligators, and then there was underwater where you had the knife and the sharks coming yes, at you. Yeah. And the third level was the boulders that you had to jump over. I had that. And game. then the, well, there's four levels, and then you got to the guy, the teepee guys who were do do do, and they were jumping over each other, and you have to kind of go underneath them to get your girl, and then it started all over again. Yeah. Yeah, I had that game. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, uh, I had Pitfall too. Pitfall was great too. I had ET, which was the worst video game ever. And if you, if you guys are, if you want to look into it, there's a, actually a documentary about them digging up uh, old E.T. Atari games from a landfill in Arizona. Because when the first, when the first video game crash hit, uh, there was a, a rumor that these companies had dumped all these games and stuff into a, into a landfill in Arizona. So these guys went and they got the permits and they went and started digging. And sure enough, they found all these damn games in there because companies couldn't sell them. So they just oh, dumped the crap in there. Huh. You know, I'd really like an Atari again, but they don't they don't work with cool TVs. You, you have to get a, the, the whole adapter. There's a different thing you got to do. See, I don't want to do that. Pain in the ass. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to buy like an old school TV and then hook it up with the RF and the switching and the right. channel three or four, you know, all that shit. And, uh, you know, I have a hard enough time watching old episodes of Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. And thinking, my God, how in the world did we watch TV in the 90s? Very, well, it was the only thing that was on. Yeah. You know, look at it now. You can just watch whatever you want. My kids watch YouTube all day. Right, yeah. I mean, my kids are into this whole, they were for a long time, my kids were in this whole thing of this lady. All you saw was her hands, and she would unbox toys she would, and she would, yeah. she would open up mystery boxes like a Shopkins and, and shit yeah, like yeah. that. That's what they watched for a while, and then after about a year or two, they kind of got rid of it. You know, they stopped watching, and then they watch these kids and they play games and all this other crap that they watch. I, I don't even know what they watch on YouTube. But the funny thing is, so I'm reading a story about uh, a couple months ago, and talking about how these people on YouTube make tons of money making these videos of just unboxing shit. You know, and unboxing toys and playing with them, whatever. And I read about this one lady who is the lady they used to watch with just the hands and her voice. And come to find out, she used to be a porn star. Not making that up. She actually went from being a porn star to being this lady who unboxes stuff on YouTube. She makes more money doing the YouTube thing than she does uh, spreading her legs on uh, video. 
you know, I mean, I guess you got to change careers at some point. Well, I know, but it, it's just crazy how we can watch now. You know? It's interesting. You know, so my two-year-old. Yes. Shockingly, can run a Kindle Fire probably better than I can. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's it's incredible because she watches YouTube videos. Seriously, she can find videos that she wants to watch. Yeah. And it, she watches these videos of this guy, which, to be perfectly honest, is a little creepy. In my yeah. This guy that he dresses all kind of weird, and he goes through these these play pet play like uh, jungle things like yeah. you know it's not it's not at McDonald's but it's like those types of things where there's like ball ball things and tunnels and yeah all these things and it, yeah it's this guy I mean he's got to be in his mid to late twenties and he's going through all that stuff he dresses really stupid yeah and he goes through all these play things yeah and he probably makes a ton of money I bet he does. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I sat and watched one. Yeah. And I was like, my God, this is dumb. Yeah. But obviously a two-year-old but it keeps finds it hilarious. It keeps their attention. Yeah. It's the way it works. Yeah. If I was smarter, I would have come up with my own YouTube show like years ago. Just my hands playing with old school toys. Sure. And making stupid comments because I swear that's what half these YouTube videos are. You know what you could have done? I don't know. Were you a Transformers fan? Of course I was. So you could have like collected a bunch of transformers, yeah, and just showed your hands, yeah, playing with them, and done the, yeah, transform them and stuff, and, and, yeah, yeah, exactly, and just transform them, yeah. Or I could have, you know, I, or else I could have been like the lady unboxing stuff, right? Now who knew that that was a, who knew that was going to be a big thing, you know? Now the, the right. fact that they're making so much money, these companies actually send them stuff before it comes out in the store, advertising. Yeah. Because they sent it to him and said, oh, unbox this for me because you got the 40,000 view- or 400,000 viewers. Unbox this on your show. And the kids will- and guess what happens? The kids want to go out and buy it. Sure. Because I see that. It's a new way of doing it. Remember when we were kids? Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. Okay? You wake up. You watch your, your Pee Wee Hermans. Your, uh, yeah. your, your uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Your Camp Candy. Your All that stuff. You know, I think MC Hammer had a flipping uh, Hammer Pants. Remember the yeah, Hammer Pants yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, All those shows, right? You watch all that. And guess what? When the commercials came on, what was it? McDonald's mm-hmm. was a huge one. And toys. Yeah. Right? And guess what? After all your, your, your cartoons were done in the morning, guess what you asked your parents for? Can we go to McDonald's? And can I buy this toy? Right. Okay? Now kids, they don't watch TV that much anymore. Sure. You know? They don't watch the, the, the channels that we used to watch anymore. So now guess what? They have to do the whole YouTube thing where the people are opening stuff on the YouTube and then, and the kids are like, "Mommy, I saw this lady on YouTube open up this egg, and the toys popped out of it. Now I want it." Right. And then you have to go to Toys R Us, which I don't know if you heard the news, Dave. Toys R Us is closing. I I saw that. It's a sad day. And you know what's interesting? I've never set foot in a Toys R Us. Ever? Ever. That's just that's sacrilegious, my friend. You how could you how could you be a kid in the United States of America and not step foot in Toys R Us? I grew up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Well, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. They have a they Toys R Us. have a Toys R Us. Really? Like, what was the closest Toys R Us then? Like, it would have been Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Your parents never took you to Minneapolis and yeah. ate Toys R Us? Really? We just went to the toy aisle and like Target. Terrible parents. They never took you to Toys R Us. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was like, it was, for me as a kid, going to Toys R Us was like going to Disney World. Because you only got to go there like a couple times a year. Oh, yeah. If that, right? 
And when you walked in, it wasn't like going to Target where your mom was going, well, we got to go to this island, we got to pick up uh, light bulbs. Then we got to go to this island, we got to pick up my, I got to look for a new bra, you know. Right. As a kid, you're like, I, I got to go with my mom. And then finally, finally, she'd say, okay, we can go to the toy aisle for five minutes. And you'd go in the toy aisle and be like, oh, and then it was time to go. Right. Toys R Us, you walked in. It was a toy aisle. It was toys. There was, there was no, like, other crap in there that you right. have to go through. It was toys. So you walk in and you go, well, there's a G.I. Joe area, here's the toy- Transformers area, here's the mask mask. Remember mask? I wasn't a mask fan. I was a mask fan. Go-Bots, you had the Go-Bots mm-hmm. area, you had all this, like, He-Man, you had all that stuff going on. And you had the video game aisles, where you walked through the video game aisles and you felt bad because those were like 50 bucks. Right. And you're like, there's no way my mom's going to pay $50 for a video game right now. So I'm going to get a G.I. Joe for $8 or whatever the heck it was. And to have that now leaving... Our society as a whole. I mean, think about that. I mean, we, we there's not going to be another toy store to go to for the kids. My kids go. We, me and my girls go there. Sure. Every couple, right, once every three weekends we go there. And they have such a great time there. Even though the, the stores are, I will say this, Toys R Us stores were never known for their cleanliness or their aesthetics. Okay? It was crappy flooring, bad lighting, dirty, whatever it was. It was a warehouse. It was a warehouse full of toys is what it was. It's not like Target where you walk in, they got carpeting and they got nice stuff. It, Toys R Us was just you go in there, here's a shitload of toys, ask your parents to buy one and get the hell out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, now, I did use KB Toys. KB Toys, that's totally different, though. But that was like, they went on bankrupt, what, 10 years yeah, ago? Yeah, 10 years. It was the exact date, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was around yeah. the same date. But KB Toys was different because, A, they were always in malls. Okay, so you, you pay yep. us to get them all. You went to KB Toys, okay? And it's a smaller space, so they had less stuff. Right. So you'd walk around KB Toys, and it would take you like five, ten minutes to walk around there and be like, oh, yeah, it's KB Toys. And you might find something cool, you know. Toys R Us was, I mean, Toys R Us was like a, you're walking into a huge warehouse full of toys. It's like a Cabela's for kids. It was like a Cabela's for kids. Yeah, pretty much it was. And now it's going away. And now uh, another part of our childhood has, you know, been ripped from us. Right. You know. But, hmm. again, uh, you know, all of our childhood is going to be ripped from us at some point, so. Right. When you hang around long enough, it comes back. Exactly. I, in fact, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook posted a picture. Uh, she had gone to Target with her kids. Mm-hmm. And she posted a picture of those, I can't think of the name of them. They were the electronic pets. Oh, the little... Uh, Toma, to, Tomagachi. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, those things are back? Not back as they used to be. So kids, it's just like kind of a nostalgia thing? Nostalgia thing. Kids, yeah. aren't, they're going to play with that. It's not like back when we were kids, where it was cool, electronics. Oh, you got a little egg and it's electronic on there. Right. You know, not every kid has an electronic. Not every kid has a device they can watch. Right. You know, it's kind of like uh, our friend Johnny posted the other day about the Oregon Trail thing yeah. coming back, right? Yeah. And I looked at it the other day and I said to myself, that's a cool idea. But I can play Oregon Trail on my computer right. without paying 25 bucks for it. Why do I need a handheld one to carry with me? What, what's the point? That's true. You know, I could probably play it on my iPhone if I wanted to. There's no point to it. You know? Check that out. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yeah, you know, back to the back to the box unboxing stuff. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, does Jim Beam do that? Does Jim Beam need people to unbox? 
It would be cool if quote unquote unbox whiskey. Or it'd be cool if like a beer company did that, where they'd send you beer and you tasted it. And there probably is a YouTube channel for that. I I'm sure there, there is. Because everything you could possibly imagine is on YouTube somewhere. Okay. There's That's a true. whole there's a whole channel of people getting hit in the nuts with balls. I swear to God, there is. You know, and, and, and so anything you can imagine is on as long as it's PG. Right. You know, there's no swearing on it. It's it's on there, you know. It, it, it amazes me. Huh. There is most certainly a, uh, at least iTunes app. Yes. For Oregon the, Trail. The Oregon Trail American Settle. Oh, it's different. It's a different right. one, though. It's different. Yeah. Um, forget that I mentioned it. But I know there's a website. I've been to the website. It's the yeah, ar- I, I have the. Dot, I think it's archives.org. They've got all, they got Oregon Trail, they got, um, what was that lake one? Did you ever play that lake one in school where you were the fish and you had to go and capture the other fish and I don't know what it's called, something yeah. lake, something lake. They had number mu- number munchers on there. Oh. Number, number munchers, munchers is huge. Of course, they had the worm game. The worm game was another huge one. Yeah. All that stuff. And of course, we're, we're, we're in Minnesota podcasting this. I don't know if anybody outside of Minnesota will listen to this, but. A lot of those games were created by a company called MECC, which is a Minnesota educational company. They were created; it was created by a Minnesota educational company. So when they first came out, of course, the first students to get them were Minnesota students, which is why when I was in second grade back in nineteen eighty, what year was that? Six, eighty six. Nineteen eighty six. I'm in second grade. We had computers in our elementary school that had Oregon Trail on it. And I think it's because it was a Minnesota company. Right. I mean, I remember, gosh, uh, you know, elementary school and going to the computer lab and doing our number stuff. Number munchers. And it, then all of a sudden, it's the teacher's like, all right, when you get this done, over there is the rack of rack of discs. Yeah. And yeah. you can just go and grab Oregon Trail or whatever. Yeah, whatever you want. I mean... That was fun. I mean, even though it was on an Apple IIe. Yeah. Oh, and it, and when I think about the fact that I have an Apple iPhone sitting next to me and I have a MacBook Pro sitting in front of me, uh, it's it's incredible to think of where computing has come. It's crazy, man. I, I kind of want to find a IIe. Have <laughs> fun. Yeah, I don't know where I'd put it, though. Yeah, um, you know, where are you going to put it? The I mean, processing power on that thing is like nothing. Right. And to bring this back full circle, because we started talking about video games and we started talking about stuff. I believed, and I kind of still do to a point, that at some point in our future, I don't know if it's going to be five years, I don't know if it's ten years or twenty years, American football will not be played on the field anymore. It'll be played on a video game. And you will have Madden will take over as the football of the America, of America. Because people are getting concussed or whatever it is, right? And so they will create players. They'll do a It'll just be just like regular football, but it'll be played on a simulator. It will not be played on a real field. So it'll be like the E League, basically. It'll be like E League, but they'll have so many advances at this point that there will be like there'll be a draft. They'll create these random players. There'll be a draft. You'll do this, and you will be you you will be a fan of. A player that's not even real, huh. and almost, and, and I think, and at some point in the future, you will; those guys will control some sort of animatronic robots. I don't know what they are, cyborgs, on a field, and there will not be real players. 
That's what I mean. The Jets. I think the Jetsons had that on there, but I think that's what's going to happen. I, of the of all the sports in the world, football is the one I think that'll happen to first, and maybe but the only one, because there's so many injuries and things right, like right. that. Yeah. Soccer will never go that way because soccer is an international sport, and injuries in soccer right. are not like football, baseball, basketball, hockey. All fine. American football is the one that's going to go to that esports type of deal. It'd be interesting. I don't. I don't know what I'd think of that. Well, I hope yeah. it happens when I'm super old. Well, yeah. Because I mean, because then we'll when we're super old, we'll be rambling about how in the old days right. people actually hit people. Right. And it wasn't on a remote control. Yeah. You know? I was hoping it would happen before I was like thirty because I was like I was just a big video game guy. I'd like I'd love to own a team. Of animatronic dudes and be like, hey, you know, whatever, you know, what's going on? And instead of getting a concussion, you know, they get their arm ripped off because they're robots. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right, right. I mean, that's just the way it is, you know. <laughs> but uh, in closing here, guys, I think we've spent enough of your time. Um, again, this is our first podcast, so we don't really have any social media yet. We don't really have any kind of following yet. I hope. Somebody listens to this and right. appreciates it, and uh, even if you hate us or you like us, you, you continue to listen on a weekly basis. We're going to try to do this on a weekly basis. Uh, Dave and I are both uh, married uh, dudes with children, so we have other things going on. So it might not be weekly. We're going to try to do weekly, uh, but, and we're going to try to talk as much soccer as we possibly can and also interject some other things that we've interjected in this podcast like talking about Toys R Us, other things. Um, and we'll probably be drinking at most of these. And uh, it's going to be a good time. Dave, you anything else to say? Not a whole lot. I, I do want to say, if I had to pick a player of the game today, yeah, go ahead. it would be Rasmus Schuler. He was the guy, he was one of the Scandinavian signings that we yeah. all thought was going to crap out. And they ended up loaning him out Yeah, for the last half of the season. And it... You know, he was just really good today. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he had a really good uh, game against San Jose. Last week, he was he was fine. Uh, you know, if I were to give him a 1 out of 10, I, you know, I'd say he was a 6 last week. Mm-hmm. But this week, I mean, he was constantly there. Moving forward, not so much. Yeah. But he's kind of in that role right now um, that Fernando will eventually take over sure. where he sits back as a more of a defended defensive midfielder. And he, every single time that Chicago moved forward, he was there. I mean, he was incredible. Uh, the, the number of times that he had uh, stopped an attack or just stopped progress or just kind of got in the way sure, just, yeah. was, was incredible. I mean, you know, like we said, the the score line was two one, and I haven't even looked at the stats. And it, I don't think Chicago had, gosh, more than maybe I was gonna say six shots on goal, and they had five. Wow, they had a total. Wow, that game was really even. Eleven shots each, five on target each. Wow, you know, Minnesota controlled possession fifty seven percent. Yeah, I think Schuler had a lot to do with that. I mean, it was. All of those stats, I think he was just in the right place at the right time. And it, it's almost kind of sad. I've been wanting a de- defensive midfielder yeah. all offseason, all last season. And um, now we have one, yeah. and he'll probably – I bet he might get a start next week. 
Probably should. Or at least minutes next week. Yeah. And it, here Schuler is, and I'm like, man, you know, it's kind of sad because Schuler's saying, hey, come on. Yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, if I had to pick a man in the match, I mean, that that was him. Overall, really, really good game. I'm I'm excited as much as I am scared for next week. Yeah. Which is a good thing because last year I was just scared. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in New York, so obviously that makes it a little more terrifying. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited for this year. And I'm excited for this podcast. Well, I'm excited for this podcast, too. And so we just had something new happen that will integrate into every podcast. At the end of the podcast, Dave will give a man of the match and a little preview of next week's game. So tie it all up. So anything else you want to say, Dave? I think we're good. Um, no, have we said the name? We said the name first. It is the Lunacy we... Podcast. You okay. know, that might change. We don't it might change. It might change. We call it Lunacy for Minnesota United. But I, ha- I have no creativity, so. I have a little bit. I, lunacy sounded fine to me. So, if you're listening to this, thanks for listening to us. Uh, this is Dave, or <laughs> this is Tony and Dave uh, signing off. We'll talk to you guys next week. Let's see ya. En JCPenney sabemos que nos extrañas y nosotros te extrañamos aún más. Pero, ¿qué pasa si te decimos que tenemos una tienda abierta todo el día, todos los días? La tenemos en jcp.com o en el app de JCPenney. ¿Quieres un traje de baño? Lo tenemos. ¿Algo para estrenar este verano? También. ¿Marcas exclusivas y tus marcas nacionales favoritas? También. Visita nuestra página para los más recientes cupones y aprovecha envío estándar gratis en compras de $49 o más. JCPenney. Aplica en exclusiones. Detalles en la tienda o jcp.com.